0: Good afternoon, this is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. In March 2022, a global commitment was made to negotiate a comprehensive plastics treaty addressing the entire life cycle of plastic. Now, at the end of 2023, countries are still grappling with disagreements, particularly from quote-unquote low-ambition nations, disputing fundamental terms like plastics and life cycle. Despite some progress, such as increased support for tackling harmful additives, the recent third session of the Intergovernmental Negotiating Committee on Plastic Pollution – or INC, ended in what was described as frustration. Negotiators now lack a formal work plan for the upcoming five months before the next discussions and multiple advocacy groups express concerns about the significant delays, questioning the fulfilment of the promise to establish a robust binding plastics treaty that the world urgently requires. So will the treaty succumb to inertia and eventual disaster if no progress is made? So today on the show, I'm going to discuss this and more with Magiswari Sangarelli. She is a senior research officer from Zahaba Ala Malaysia and the Consumers Association of Penang. She was also at the most recent meeting for the INC. She's going to share more. Welcome, Agis. How are you today? I'm fine, Juliet. Hope you're fine too. I am. Thank you uh, so okay. Thank you so much for joining me today. So, guess yes, you know, I know you were uh, there at that meeting uh, not too long ago. So we just want to find out what's happening or what happened there. But before that, I always make you start off by sharing scary stats for context. I think it's just a good reminder for everyone out there. How bad is our plastic pollution crisis?
1: Oh, well, the statistics is really scary. Yeah, I will share with you what the Kenyan president who had come uh, and gave his opening remarks at the INC Mm -hmm. tree in Nairobi. So this is what he said. The numbers on plastic pollution explain the necessity of working together and with tremendous purpose and urgency. Every year, more than 400 million tonnes of plastic waste are produced globally. Of these, 23 million tonnes find their ways into rivers, lakes and oceans and less than 10 percent is rice, recycled across the world 46 percent of plastic waste is landfilled 22 percent is mismanaged and becomes litter while 17 percent is incinerated yeah so if we do nothing we will produce more than a billion tons of plastic by 2016. so imagine the amount of uh, waste that is going to be generated yeah mm-hmm. In the United Nations Environment Program, it stated that every day, the equivalent of 2,000 garbage trucks full of plastic are dumped into the world's oceans, rivers, and lakes. And so, besides the plastics uh, statistics, you may have also read uh, latest findings by Chinese and Japanese research teams, whom found uh, microplastics suspended in the clouds. Yeah? Um, yes. They thought this could have come from emissions or being carried up from the sea surface. And the researchers also suggest that microplastics could therefore be influencing the formation of clouds and even impacting the climate so uh, microplastics are everywhere in wildlife fish human blood brains and placenta and also we often hear about the triple planetary crisis right mm-hmm. in terms of the climate change nature and biodiversity loss mm-hmm. and pollution mm-hmm. one of the threats is plastics so this is really very serious indeed
0: thank you for not holding back that was really quite scary uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I think, no, we need those. You know, it's very easy to forget, right? It's very easy to to not think about it, but we do need to. It's up there with the climate crisis, isn't it? It, as it is, as as you mentioned, one of the triple, uh, part of the triple planetary threats that we're facing. So you, of course, have been very much involved uh, in what we call the Intergovernmental Negotiating Committee on Plastic Pollution, right? The INC. And the third session ended, you know, just about a month ago, November 19th, uh, over in uh, Nairobi, Kenya. Can you remind us, though, um, you know, who are the state, stakeholders that make up the INC, uh, what is it that they are tasked with doing?
1: Okay, so the recent INC tree, it was reported, uh, the Secretary reported that there were over 1,500 participants. Um, These are representations uh, from the government, academia, civil society organisations, private sector entities. UN entities, uh, you see you also have the uh, BASEL uh, Rotterdam and Convention uh, Secretariat, yeah. the Biodiversity Secretariat, yeah, and also other international organizations. And um, uh, other than those who were there physically, there were also about a thousand more participants who had tuned in To the webcast, Uh, so these are for the plenary sessions Mm -hmm. and uh, analysis from the Center for International Environmental Law, uh, which was supported by Greenpeace, Beyond Petrochemicals, IPEN, Break Free from Plastic, uh, based on the UNEP's provisional list of the those who attended the INC participants, mm-hmm. they found that 143 fossil fuel and chemical industry lobbies had also registered to attend. Mm. Yeah, so, it's not only us, the civil society or the government, there was also the industry that attended. And uh, this is a 36% increase from the INC2. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, another uh, thing that is concerns us is also six member states had fossil fuel and chemical company lobbies in their delegation Including Malaysia, so Malaysia had government offices, academia, and representatives from the plastics industry, and Petronas attending the INC tree.
0: Okay, all right. so it is it is open to to all the different stakeholders. I mean that is there is nothing wrong with that in that sense, right? But it is also quite worrying that the there's an increase in the lobbyists, I suppose, from these particular sectors.
1: yes, yeah,
0: okay. All I, right. I, will,
1: I will I will tell you more about. <laughs> What is their of, influence sure.
0: in, during the negotiations? Can get okay. We'll get to that. Um, but just again, you know, for some background information, so we know that the uh, INC began its work during the second half of 2022. The ambition was to complete the negotiations by the end of 2024, right? So just about a year away. Uh, we do know that the first session was in Uruguay la- uh, late last year. Then the second session, uh, INC two, was in Paris around May June this year. We caught up, uh, I think, very briefly after that, isn't it? Can you just remind us about the outcomes of those first two INC? meetings?
1: Yeah, so at INC1 in Uruguay, delegates uh, elected our chair from Peru mm-hmm. um, and he was the chair till and at that time it, it was decided that after the INC3 it would be alternated to a, a chair from Ecuador. Uh, and at that time, they were unable to elect all members of the Bureau and uh, postpone decision to INC2. Mm. Um, they also postponed discussions on the rules of procedure because, you know, uh, at that time also there were a lot of uh, uh, blocking from, um, you know, some influential uh, countries here, yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of the rules of procedure. And then uh, so the committee decided to request the INC secretary to prepare a document ahead of INC2 which would outline options for the internationally uh, international legally binding uh, instrument. Uh, so that would involve possible elements uh, based on a comprehensive approach that uh, addresses the full life cycle of plastics. Okay. So uh, this uh, document uh, includes identifying possible objectives, substantive uh, provisions, including core obligations, control measures, uh, whether it's voluntary approaches um, implementation mes- um, measures and also um, a lot of it, a lot of it is uh, in terms of uh, legally binding or voluntary measures so all that options were in the document so at INC2 the in Paris the delegates engage in the discussions based on the options paper
2: mm-hmm. and
1: considering all those multiple elements that I had just mentioned to you yeah okay. that um This is supposed to be eventually um, included in the future treaty. So and then at INC 2, they mandated the preparation of a zero draft for a new treaty for consideration at INC 3. And they also allocated time for a one day pre-meeting event to discuss a synthesis report of elements that were not discussed um, during the INC 2. Okay. Yeah. uh, So uh, there's a lot of things here, a lot of negotiations and uh, discussions based on uh, draft reports.
0: Okay. And and then for the this most current meeting, what were the aims for the INC 3 meeting? You know, what was on the agenda?
1: Uh, so the aim of the INC meeting was to advance the development of the uh, international uh, legally binding instrument mm-hmm. using the zero draft, as I mentioned before, as a basis for discussion. Yeah. And uh, delegates were to also address issues that had not been previously considered by the committee. Including those related to the general provisions, for instance, on the scope and definitions. Yeah, because there's a lot of definitions in terms of okay, what is uh, polymers? What are the um, you know life cycle? Mm-hmm. So from where it starts. So those are things that has to be discussed. And um, there was a synthesis report which was compiled by the secretariat and submitted, and um, at the INC trio. Uh, It was also to plan uh, for intersessional work, meaning you know, in between the INCs, there would be some work which is still uh, has to be uh, conducted. So, uh, and then at the INC three, three contact groups were established, and uh, bulk of the meeting uh, during the INC three, it's like we were going in and out for the contact group meetings one, two, and three, Mm. Uh, and uh, so at those uh, contact groups had time to discuss the text, yeah. Uh, which is in the zero draft. So uh, the mandate for the contact groups are as follows. Uh, Contact group one was reviewing the elements of part one uh, objectives, and uh, part two is on the technical elements of the zero draft. Contact group two was addressing part three, which is the means of implementation. Part four was on modalities of the zero draft. And the contact group three was uh, considering the synthesis report on elements that were not discussed at INC2 and uh, they were also uh, supposed to take inputs from members for placeholders in the zero draft. So these placeholders included sections of part one, you know, in terms of the preamble, principles, definitions and scope and um, they were also supposed to consider the uh, substance and timelines for the intersessional work. So there's a lot of uh, discussion that had Uh, gone on
0: and and can you paint a picture of what it's like at these meetings because this sounds like a lot it's a lot it sounds very administrative first before we can start getting to the negotiations would I be right in saying that
1: yeah, so based on the report itself, in the, based on the text, you know, the, the, uh, there's a lot of differing uh, points eh, yeah. views in terms of the text. So it goes on and um, we cannot mention much because this is under the Chatham House rule. So we cannot say which country said what. Ah, right. Uh, okay. Yeah, so okay. it's okay. Because, So we can only mention what's happened at the plenary session.
0: I see. Okay, okay. All right. I got you there. Okay, so, my Maghiz, uh, we just need to go for one more quick break. But when we come back, I do want to ask more about, you know, what that zero draft is all about and, you know, what, what it is that actually went down during that session, okay? Um, I'm speaking today to Magiswari Sangrelingam. She is a Senior Research Officer with Zahabat Alam Malaysia and the Consumers Association of Penang. We are talking about the ongoing plastics treaty negotiation. Uh, There is quite slow progress, unfortunately, happening there. So we're getting the lowdown uh, from the most recent Inc. meeting, the INC3 meeting that concluded uh, not too long ago. We'll find out more after this quick break. Keep it here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture. I'm Gillette Jacobs. On the line with me today, Magiswari Sangaralingam. She is a senior research officer with the, with Sahabat Alam Malaysia and the Consumers Association of Penang. She's my go-to person every time I want to talk about the plastics treaty negotiations. So, of course, we do know that that is still being negotiated. There are several me- several meetings have happened. Several meetings are still on the cards, and this is to come up with a framework for a global plastics treaty. So, uh, Magis is kindly, you know, bringing it down for us and explaining what it's all about. Uh, so, you you know, before the break, I guess you explained what happened in all the previous meetings. Now we want to talk about, again, uh, the most recent meeting that just concluded, the Inc. 3 meeting. Um, and, you know, you kept mentioning something called the zero draft, right, that is in place. And that's how the session started, right? As you said, can you just explain what exactly that is, uh, f- you know, and, and why it's so important?
1: Okay, so the text in the zero draft, it includes many placeholders and different language options. So okay. this is actually a good basis for further discussion. And the Zero Draft, it compiled all the range of views expressed by the governments you know, during the INC 1 and 2. So there are both strong and big options for all control measures and uh, means of implementation. So from reducing plastic production to a financing mechanism. Mm-hmm. So as you remember, in INC 1, some countries were very ambitious. They wanted... Um, so all this is all in those, uh, each element has a few options. So the most promising uh, areas presented in the zero draft include options for progressive reduction okay. of plastic production, yeah, okay. elimination of uh, polymers and chemicals of concern, elimination of uh, problematic short-lived and avoidable plastics. This uh, example of unnecessary single-use plastics. So and the recognition of the need for transparency, just transition and the setting up of systems and targets for reduction and reuse. Yeah? So these are some of the elements that, We think it's uh, quite promising if you choose the options which are really uh, rigorous and ambitious. Okay, and then potentially problematic and ambiguous provisions included tax on recycled plastic content, extended uh, producer responsibility and waste management. Uh, So without ambitious standards, these areas could misplace the emphasis on recycling and waste management measures, Mm. undermining the treaty's effectiveness. Um, and the Zero Draft also mentioned alternative plastics.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, uh, so we are saying alternative to plastics, but what they are mentioning is alternative plastics, which refers to bio-based, biodegradable, compostable okay. plastics mm-hmm. and uh, plastics with high recycled content. Yeah, so the draft, as it currently suggests, their production should be increased without considering how they might harm uh, planetary boundaries human health yeah with those uh, alternative plastics so these are some of the elements uh, that is in the zero draft
0: Okay, all right. And um, so basically a laundry list of of potential definitions, objectives, all the other considerations for that final agreement, right? Which countries have to agree to by the end of next year. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is something that I was reading based on some other reports, right? Um, That there was a growing divide between oil-producing economies and countries wishing to see plastic pollution disappear by 2040 and how countries such as Saudi Arabia, Iran, Cuba, Russia and other like-minded countries officially formed what is now... um, uh, known as the, quote-unquote, Glo- Global Coalition for Plastic Sustainability, but that I um, informally referred to as the Low Ambition Coalition. Ooh. Can you tell me more about this, you know, what they were pushing for?
1: Okay, the Global Coalition for Plastic Sustainability, uh, they pushed for the treaty to focus on waste rather uh-huh. than production controls. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So these countries argue uh, that they wanted the treaty to focus on recycling and reusing plastics which they often refer to as circularity in the plastics supply. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, as what most often the plastic manufacturers often say, yeah? uh, even in uh, Malaysia, they say the root cause of plastic pollution is not plastics but inefficient management of waste. Right. Yeah, so what this means is that plastics will continue to be produced business as usual. Yeah, so mm-hmm. if we have a strong treaty with plastic production cuts, it's a liability to them, yeah. Uh, Because it would curb the sale of fossil fuels. So as you mentioned just now, you have Saudi Arabia, Iran. So they are major uh, producers of oil. So, you know, they prioritise plastic and profits before people and planet. Of course, they want profits, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So what is disturbing is that projections suggest that plastic production could triple in the coming decades. That's why we want to have a really a a cut in uh, production. Um, and uh, as we all know, plastics are made with fossil fuels and thousands of chemicals, and many of them are highly toxic, yeah? as well as thousands of other substances that you no, know, mostly it has never been studied, yeah, and maybe very harmful.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what we keep saying is that when we say turn off the tap to end plastic pollution, it should be drastically reducing the production of plastics. Yeah. Uh, Recycling and waste management infrastructure, it does not have the capacity to deal with the amount of plastic being disposed. As I mentioned, till now, it's only about 10% has been recycled. Yeah. Mm. And then a plastic circularity or sustainability is not the answer because you still have all these toxic chemicals in those plastics. And if you are recycling it, the chemicals goes into the new product. So we are still harming, uh, you know, the human health with this. Um, so as what Greenpeace has been um, campaigning for, the plas- Global Plastics Treaty must reduce plastic production by at least 75, 75% yeah, by 2040. So that's the target uh, that Greenpeace is, uh, has been announcing.
0: Okay. All right. And of course, this group, yeah. you know, is, is in complete contrast to the uh, well self-declared high ambition coalition, right? Can you just remind us who make up that coalition and what it is exactly that they are pushing for?
1: Okay, I, uh, because you were going to raise this question, I checked out uh, their website and the last count of countries in the High Ambition Coalition is, uh, the number is 62 countries and the European Union. Okay. Yeah, and uh, the coalition uh, states that it is committed to develop an ambitious, uh, this one, treaty based on a comprehensive and circular approach.
2: Okay, Okay. Uh, so and
1: they have outlined three strategic goals and uh, seven key deliverables yeah, so the first goal is to restrain um, plastic consumption and production to sustainable levels. yeah um, okay. and the second goal is to enable a circular economy for plastics that protects the environment and human health. So this one it includes addressing the problems related to related to hazardous chemicals, um, and also other issues yeah, in, uh, including transparency and availability of information. Yeah, and on the third goal is to achieve environmentally sound management and recycling of plastic waste. So, what they're saying is the plastic treaty must establish provisions for plastic waste minimization and environmentally sound collection. Yeah, sorting and preparation for reuse and recycling of plastic waste mm. to re-enter recycled plastics into the economy. So we are not agreeable to all those goals, but this is what they're saying. That is their ambition. Okay, yeah? okay. Where does... We... Sorry, Kevin. Okay, no, I haven't finished. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> that on. was their goal. So they have the seven uh, key deliverables for success. Uh, so these are what they set, it, set out. Yeah. First one is to eliminate problematic plastics, including uh, by bans and restrictions. Of course, this is also what we want. Okay, number two is to develop global sustainability criteria and standards for plastics. Mm -hmm. Number three is to set global baselines and targets for sustainability throughout the life cycle of plastics. Uh, Number four is to ensure transparency in the value chain of plastics, um, including for material and chemical composition.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Number five is to establish uh, mechanisms for strengthening commitments, targets and controls over time. Number six, uh, implement monitoring and reporting at each stage through the life cycle of plastics. And number uh, seven is to facilitate effective technical and financial assistance, scientific and socioeconomic assessments. So these are the, they're saying it's the deliverables for success.
0: Okay. okay. All right. So, okay. So that is the, the High Ambition Coalition. And where does Malaysia sit in all of this?
1: Malaysia is not part of any of the coalition.
0: Okay, all right. So Just had already
1: be. decided not to.
0: Not to be. Okay, all right. So now can you help break down what happened at this session, Inc. 3, right? I mean, I know there were a lot of disagreements uh, that remained over the scope of the treaty, right? Can you help explain what those were?
1: Yeah, so during the INC 3, um, there were varying interpretations of the resolution, yeah, or in terms of... Um, So the delegates were sharing their views on the full life cycle of plastic, Mm -hmm. uh, with some of them uh, favoring measures addressing plastic production and others favoring downstream measures to eliminate plastic waste. Others uh, focus on how best to ensure uh, lasting design standards for plastic products. For Malaysia, they were saying uh, um, in terms of the full life cycle, it should start from when plastics become a polymer. So from the polymer stage. Yeah, for some, for what we are saying, it should be starting from the fossil fuel extraction stage. You know?
2: mm-hmm.
1: Because uh, without that, you may not be able to produce the polymers and all that for the plastics. So that is also essential. Okay. So, that is, so that's why the definitions is being uh, discussed. So in terms of the scope, um, there was general agreement that the UNEA resolution 514, which was in March 2022, mm-hmm. that should guide the provisions of the treaty, especially with regard to the plastics life cycle. Some uh, some of them indicated there was no need to include a dedicated provision, while others, they cited, you know, there's like so many interpretations. You, you see, there's so many countries there, and of course, each one would want, you know, they're not united in some uh, aspect of it, and you have the Low Ambition Coalition also trying to block certain uh, things. So um, there were a lot of issues. And then, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the INC dis- Discussion uh, was also stalled by a small group of the major fossil fuel producers and exporters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they are attempting to divert attention from the root of the plastics and chemicals problem, and uh, they are just want to focus on plastic recycling. Mm-hmm. Yeah?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, these countries claim that circular plastics or materials can be safely reused and recycled and this will resolve the plastic pollution problem. But yeah. then as I keep mentioning, because toxic chemicals are used in making plastics, increasing science is also showing there are no safe and circular plastics. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So if you want to know the details on, on day-to-day what happened, uh, the breakthrough from Plastic, they have come up with very good infographics on uh, the insights on what transpired at the negotiations. Uh, the series is called Progress on Plastic, uh, Pop Light. So it captures the main takeaways, including the high points and low points for each day. So, those who are interested can uh, check out uh, the Break Free from Plastics uh, website. And also, um, CAP also has shared this on our website and uh, social media platforms. Uh, oh. For example, some of the low points here. Um, some countries, because I am working a lot on waste trade yeah. and also in terms of uh, other trade issues. So, some countries say that you know the treaty shouldn't include trade provisions because there is the Basel Convention. Mm. And also, you have the World Trade Organization. And the Rotterdam Convention to look into that. But uh, we are seeing, you know, the trade is not only on uh, waste because those are dealing on, uh, Basel Convention uh, deals on uh, toxic waste. Yeah. But we are also talking about plastics being traded, the polymers which are being traded. So this should also be included in the, um, the treaty agreement. And then there's also a lot of talk on plastic offsetting. Uh, they're calling about plastic credits yeah, So this is also what we are against because plastic credits still encourage the burning of plastic. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are also some false post- solutions which are being uh, discussed. But then there are also among uh, them some high points. Um, there are also um, strong agreement uh, among a lot of countries, especially the African countries, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, intersessional work on chemicals of concern, the polymers, problematic plastics, and also fishing gear. Fishing gear is also a huge problem because mm-hmm. of the plastics. You know, and uh, in terms of the uh, the disused uh, fishing gears which are on the seas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, from and there were also some who were observers. We saw that you need to protect human rights, especially the rights of indigenous peoples, human health, and those who are impacted from fossil fuel extraction. For me, on day five, it was really emotional for me, and also a lot of. Uh, Others who attended a site event, uh, which was organized by the indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you could see a lot of us were in tears here, yeah, uh, um, you know, because learning about the impacts of fossil fuel extraction, the pipelines, and uh, what has happened to the indigenous communities. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so, besides that, so that was uh, really emotional. And, uh, but then they also shared, you know, the solutions on ending plastic pollution, they shared their traditional practices their knowledge and how, you know, we live in harmony with nature. We do not need plastics for everything that we do. Yeah. So so the solutions is also with the indigenous communities and also the traditional knowledge. Okay. So these are some of the things that happened. So the side events were really very interesting.
0: Okay, okay. And, you know, we you spoke about how some of the oil producing companies were trying to derail and sort of delay the negotiations, right? But I was also reading on the bright side, the United States, which has shown signs of resistance in the past, they were moving in the right direction, according to this report, uh, though it hasn't quite embraced the high ambition agenda or joined the high ambition coalition. Um, Greenpeace was the one who was talking about this. Would you be able to tell us a bit about that?
1: Okay, uh, all right. I can share with you what happened on the last day of the INC 3 okay. at the plenary session. Yeah, It was uh, actually at the closing ceremony okay. and it went on and on we were, because we were waiting. <laughs> okay. uh, the discussions were not over, so we were going in and out. And then, um, so at the final session, uh, the contact group chair announced that the, the contact group 3, they mm-hmm. had been unable to reach an agreement around the scope and format. For the intersessional work. Remember I said uh, INC3 was tasked to do that? Yes. So the intercessional work um, is really critical so that we are on track to get a treaty text by late next year. Right. If we are waiting for just for the INCs to discuss all these texts, yeah, very difficult things to do um, and the options and all that. So you need to have intersessional work in between. Hmm. So they, they could not reach an agreement about the format and also the scope. And uh, so U.S. tried to rescue the negotiations by requesting to reopen the agenda item. You see, the report for the INC3 was closed. And then U.S. says, okay, we need to reopen the agenda item to enable uh, further consultation. Yeah, so that they can reach an agreement on the intersessional work. Okay. Okay, so uh, this was blocked by Saudi Arabia and Russia. So, so there was no consensus, no agreement, and we lost six months of negotiating time, yeah, where we could have spent in terms of the intercessional work. Oh, wow. But then uh, some of our friends were saying it's better not to have the intersessional work rather than having a bad intercessional. Okay, okay yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so if, if the scope is not good, then you know the, the plan, um, right? yeah, we will be disappointed later on. So it's better not to have it. So, But see, U.S. did try to rescue the part of the negotiations.
0: I see. Okay, okay, all right. Wow, so many lectures and turns happening at these meetings.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and we finished at 11 o'clock on the last day Yeah, because of all this. There was uh, an interval on, uh, there were some discussions going on. Ah, uh,
0: okay. And and you start them. like right in the morning, right? It's just full day of negotiations, right? Yeah, we
1: will start at eight o'clock um, because there will be the regional meetings. Mm. So one thing that I will have to point out is that um, most of the groupings, um, they have uh, observers in their regional meetings. For Asia Pacific, mm-hmm. we are not allowed to go for the meetings. Yeah, so, uh-huh. uh um, because we will keep on requesting only we were only allowed uh, one day of that whole uh, negotiations to give our views so so a few of us um, did manage to give uh, provide our views Um, but then later on the co-chair was mentioning so how many of you are from uh, academia the scientists it's like as though our views are not important
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, so okay.
1: so that was also disappointing for us. And then so and they said, okay, we will let you know when we can meet next. But they never got back to us.
0: Gosh, that's terrible.
1: Yeah, that's terrible. So Asia Pacific, but because like in the Basel and uh, Rotterdam, uh, Stockholm convention, I'm used to going for the regional meetings, so that after the delegates have spoken, then we can also um, provide our views. Yes. So for in this instance, we were not able to. So only once we did.
0: And this is, I mean, and they have the right to to do that, to, to make those sorts of decisions?
1: Yeah, so the chairs of the regional, um, yeah. um, so they they make the decisions based on what, you see, like Asia Pacific, you have Saudi Arabia, you have all these other countries who are part of the, you know, oh, yes. uh, glow, low ambition coalition. Maybe they don't want to hear us. Talk, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, all right. Not great at all. That's that's Not terrible. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, okay, but I mean, what's set to happen next is INC4, right? INC4, that's going to take place in Canada sometime in April 2024, right? So what, what's set to happen there?
1: Uh, so uh, the INC4 is uh, will be in Ottawa from okay. 21st to 30th of April 2024. Okay. Okay. And this also includes one day for regional consultations. Mm, yeah. And mm. um, so as I mentioned just now, the INC Secretariat has been passed to compile because um, there's the zero draft just now. So there were a lot of um, uh, text that has been introduced by the contact groups. Yeah? And so this revised zero draft text mm-hmm. will have to be uh, completed and submitted by 31st of December, 2023. Okay. And uh, the revised zero draft will be the starting point and basis for the negotiations at INC4. And then the co-chair had also said, Uh, This should be without prejudice to the right of any member to propose additions, deletions or modifications in the course of negotiations during the INC form. So there'll be a lot more negotiations happening and probably there'll be a longer merged tax. So we really don't know how it's uh, going Mm. to turn out to be and whether it could be completed.
0: Okay. Okay. And and I mean, I know you mentioned that, you know, we're not on any of the coalitions in that sense, right? But what are the hopes, you know, for, for the remaining meetings as far as you're concerned? Or what is on the agenda for the future meetings? You know, what are the issues that need to be hammered out?
1: So, um, we can see the challenges yeah, in finalising a strong and binding agreement mm. uh, because of the conflict of interest. So, many stakeholders are calling for the UNEP and also the INC Secretariat to implement a strong conflict of Uh, interest policy. It is critical for UNEP and the INCs to re-evaluate how to address some countries' intentional blocking the ambitions of the negotiation Mm. process, as I'm mentioning just now. And uh, there's only two more projected INCs to go.
2: Mm.
1: And we hope the high-ambition countries, they will strongly voice out and reject the tactics of the low-ambition countries that are clearly uh, blocking the progress. Um, but then I must also say that there are several countries, particularly from the African bloc and uh, small island developing states. They are really progressive mm-hmm. and um, and ambitious. They're calling for a strong treaty tree that covers the full life, uh, lifespan of plastics uh, from the extraction to disposal. Okay. So this includes Samoa, Palau, uh, Angola and uh, Rwanda. And I keep saying what is ambitious. Uh, there are two important things uh, shaping uh, the ambition. Okay. One relates to defining the life cycle of plastics and uh, whether the measures will begin uh, far upstream, meaning uh, from the extraction of uh, fossil fuels, whether it's midstream or downstream. Um, the second also relates to the type of obligations the treaty will have. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Because there are also discussions whether it's complementary, some of the um, approaches, whether it's going to be voluntary or mandatory. So so this is what will happen, yeah, whether we have a strong treaty or effective treaty. Yeah. And amb- what are the ambitions?
0: Okay. Okay. It's quite critical, right? Because as you mentioned, only two uh, week-long meetings remaining before that final draft, which is due the end of next year. Very, very critical, uh, these next few meetings, isn't it?
1: Yes, yes. We have no more time to waste. Uh-huh. Uh, the intention is to have a treaty text ready for adoption in early 2025. So it is critical to meet the mandate and also for us to have a robust treaty. We, for us, we keep on saying we want clear targets for reduction in plastic production mm. Yeah, to protect human health and the environment. The treaty must end the production um, you know, in terms of the unnecessary plastics and, and, uh, and also the use of toxic chemicals in plastics. Yeah? Uh, so for the progress to be made, the like-minded group, which is the low ambition group, probably they should be ejected from the process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we need the high ambition coalition to live up to its name. Yeah, you have to be firmer if you want to have a stronger treaty.
0: And we haven't even cannot
1: remain silent.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and we haven't even spoken about financing the treaty, right? I'm sure that would be a Ah. whole other thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay, oh, all right, so
1: mm. okay,
0: all right, so plenty more. And you know, Mugis, I just wanted to ask you this right, and like and let's just say a worst case scenario because there's not much time left as you mentioned, right. What would happen if these issues aren't actually resolved in the next two meetings?
1: Well at this point, I'm there's no clarity eh, on any of the basic characteristics of what's been what is the final instrument of the treaty. Mm. Yeah, mm. How ambitious will the treaty be? What kind of regulatory strength it will have? So, uh, will it be mandatory obligations or voluntary commitments? So, this is like, I, I still cannot see what's there yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, um, so far we can see differing preferences. Uh, there are some countries who want to limit the treaty to the mandate in the UNRES resolution, mm. And those who want to add ambition. As yes, I mentioned, some of the African countries, they, want more ambi- uh, they are more ambitious. So I, I'm really not sure what would happen but I would like to share with you what the INC tree chair concluded in his closing remarks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he recited the words of Nelson Mandela. He says, sometimes it falls upon a generation to be great. You can be that generation. Let your greatness blossom. So are we going to be that generation or are we going to fail our future generations by not mandating clear targets for reduction in plastic production? Yeah, mm-hmm. And also to end uh, plastic pollution. So, So it's up to us our our generation to, yeah, work on this. Okay,
0: all right, and um, just one last thing. You know, the Malaysian government. What role do we play in all of this? You know, what more do you think we can be doing in terms of uh, you know, these negotiations?
1: Um, as I also mentioned just now, yeah, Malaysia is not part of the High Ambition Coalition. Yeah. Um. So we must convince our government to take a strong stance and uh, support a bold, mm-hmm. binding global plastics treaty that addresses the full life cycle of plastics. So as uh, CAP is part of the National Negotiating Committee as with um, a few other NGOs like WWF and uh, C4Center. Uh, so uh, prior to the meet, INC meetings, we also provide our inputs and we also compile a lot of information from, we are part of a lot of other coalitions. So we do compile um, what has to be done and then we pass it on to the Malaysian government. But finally, I must say it is the decision by the Malaysian government what other stands because they are also consulting businesses, they are also consulting other ministries, you know, uh, relevant ministries yeah. in terms of the plastics because it's like not only the Ministry of Environment is in charge, you also have the uh, in terms of base management, yeah, in mm-hmm. terms of um, the standards. So so a lot of uh, other uh, agencies have to be consulted and uh, so let's see where do they put our input <laughs> compared to input given by the businesses. Yeah, so so this is what's happening, you yeah, in reality.
0: Okay, all right. So a lot more work, lah, huh? I guess cut out for you and all of the rest uh, for yes, this day.
1: Yes. <laughs> we we would like more people to be involved in the national uh, negotiating committee. Okay. You yeah, we need to have more NGOs, NGO voices, um, um and the civil society also. Okay.
0: Yeah, you need uh, that. You need a strong yeah. block as well, isn't it? Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Any any concluding message, Magis, that you'd like to leave our listeners with with regard to this? You know, it's easy, you know, COP is happening right now, right? And all the attention is focused on that. It's quite easy to to not uh, pay attention to the plastics uh, pollution crisis, right? Would you have any closing message, uh, you know, in, in terms of that?
1: Okay, like some countries, they have failed to advance the process yeah, towards a strong plastics treaty mm. because they have their own uh, agenda. Uh, we, as part of like uh, CAP and uh, Sahaba alamesh We are part of the largest civil society coalition. Mm. We have been attending the INCs. We have been making powerful interventions. You know, we are also exposing false solutions, urging for higher ambition. And it's not only during the sessions. We are like outside when um, the delegates come out, we talk to them. And then in our own countries, we have been advocating for our governments to negotiate, it for, um, to negotiate for a strong treaty. And also it has to be effective. Yeah? Um, and uh, so the crisis of plastic pollution should be achieved from upstream that is what we keep emphasizing yeah to reduce the overall production of plastics to ensure it is tackled at its root cause. we just don't talk about waste management when you are still producing so much of plastic mm-hmm. Yeah. so we seek justice for our communities and the environment and this is really critical yeah uh, for us to move towards a toxic free future for all so everyone of us are implicated by this problem, yeah. we are affected, so we need to also take action. On our road, we don't have to wait for the treaty, we also can take individual actions at home yeah, and in our offices and businesses mm-hmm. to you know, s- stop using plastics, yeah, unnecessary single-use plastics mostly. Okay. okay, all right. That's my message.
0: Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much, Magis, uh, for joining me today. I was speaking to Magiswari Sangarilingam, a Senior Research Officer at Ubit Sahabat Ala Malaysia and the Consumers Association of Penang. Uh, she was helping us to understand what's happening, uh, you know, in that road towards achieving a global plastics treaty. Still a long road ahead, unfortunately. But um, of course, you know, people like Magis keep uh, positive and they're always there fighting that good fight. If you'd like to find out more about the work that uh, they do, you can head to the their website. So for consumers, Association of Penang it's consumer.org.my and for Sahabat Allah Malaysia it's foe-malaysia.org but if you miss any part of our conversation today you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth you can also find it on the BFM app this has been earth matters on the bigger picture BFM 89.9 this is a podcast from BFM 89.9 the
2: business station